0: Feeling better, looking better, making life better. It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from
1: experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life life, 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 Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster,
0: wiser. Here are your hosts.
2: Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron White here with Eric. Eric, welcome.
0: Hi, Byron. How are you today?
2: What a challenge it's going to be to find some purpose in our lives, which I think we're going to do today. Tell us about your book, Life Purpose Boot Camp. Tell us, first of all, boot camp. That's an interesting concept for the for the journey of life. Why the name boot camp?
0: wanted to make it clear that there was work to do. Folks don't tend to take enough time to think about their life purposes it's only the most important thing for them to think about, but life just keeps rushing on and we tend not to have a chance to think about what our life purposes really are.
1: Life
2: purpose is an interesting concept in itself. Do we really have, each of us, an individual purpose in our lives that's customized to our DNA and what we're capable of doing? Tell us about the, the individual nature of purpose.
0: No, we have no life purposes unless we, unless we make life purpose choices. From my point of view, the universe has no purposes for us in particular. If you believe in evolution and natural selection and all of those things, then there are no purposes out there. Nothing to look for at the top of a mountain or at some guru's feet. We have to make decisions about how we want to live our life.
2: When we make decisions, what do we tend to mistakenly root those decisions in?
0: conventional ideas about uh, how life is supposed to be lived, namely career primarily, and we think that our career maybe is synonymous with our life purpose, we know better than that. We understand that what we really want out of life is to make ourselves proud by our actions, that there's a moral component to life purpose defined in, in the ways we personally would define moral purposes, but our mistake is to think that it's too much about career or or one or another what I call meaning opportunities as opposed to a full plate or a full menu of meaning opportunities.
2: Hmm. How much does money figure figure into our purpose in life? Sadly, I might add.
0: <laughs> sadly, sadly, we would add it figures um, greatly. Um, I've been talking to folks. I've been interviewing folks for a life purpose boot camp symposium I'm running, and these are people who have figured out their life purpose or think they have. And what's interesting is it took them between three and six years to leave their previous money-making life to move on to the next thing, which proved more meaningful to them. It takes a long time to let go of something that's making money for us. money We've got to pay our bills. We know that that's a top survival need is to um, have a roof over our heads, have food on the table, all of that. So it does figure in disproportionately largely, but it does figure in.
2: How do people change when they follow your eight-week program?
0: Well, I hope that they understand a few things that they may not have understood before, understand for instance that meaning is a certain kind of psychological experience. Since it's only that, life purpose turns out to be more important than the experience of meaning. Meaning is just an experience, but life purpose is the way we lead our lives. So some confusion about the relationship between meaning and life purpose may be clarified. Next, they may actually articulate their life purposes for the first time. Most people, as I say, have never done that. And second, once you've articulated your life purposes, you have to figure out how to hold them close, how to actually get them on your to-do list for each day. And that turns out not to be very easy either because all of our errands and responsibilities seem to creep up to the top of that to-do list.
2: Tell us about learning how to articulate your purpose. Is is it kind of a mission statement or a mantra? or how, how How does that come about?
0: There's no one way. I suggest that people try to create a life purpose statement that encapsulates their feelings about how they want to represent themselves in life, what life means to them. I also suggest the idea, and I think this is a cool idea. Folks have been responding to this, that they create a life purpose icon. They actually create something and fabricate it that they can hold close. Just the way a Christian cross or a Jewish star of David holds tons of meaning and and resonance for people who believe in those things, So individuals could create a life purpose icon just like a cross or a Star of David that does that kind of work for them. And when I suggest this to folks, they come up with things like instantly. Like they know it's going to be a lightning bolt or an acorn or a praying mantis or something. They get it instantly. So I think one of the tasks is to find ways to hold our life purposes close and a life purpose icon is one of those ways.
2: By following your... Your, your eight-week program, are you happier? Are you less stressed about your life and your work? Are you more productive? What what benefits come out of the of the program?
0: Isn't there a D, all of the above? Um, <laughs> all, all of the above, but not really, because you may be happier, but you may also be more taxed, because one of the things that I make clear is that in order to live your life purposes, you may have to do the two following things. You may have to upgrade your personality. You may have to change into the person equal to living the life purposes you've just articulated for yourself. And two, you may have to change your circumstances. If your life purpose requires that you leave the job you're in, that's a big change, just as we were talking about a minute ago. So it doesn't really make you happier to think about upgrading your personality or changing your circumstances. That's why I use the boot camp metaphor. This is really work. It's really work to change yourself and to change your circumstances, but those are often the things we have to do in order to begin to live our life purposes.
2: How do you show people, first of all, their weakness? How do you, how do you make them understand their weaknesses, and and number two, how, how what they would be like if they improved their personality or or, or change themselves?
0: How do you show no, that? I would, yeah, I would never actually dream of showing people their you know sort of naming their weaknesses i invite people to think about these things for themselves if they can't find any weaknesses that's their business if they think they're doing just fine that's their business i don't see it as my business to point out weaknesses i try to teach a you know a, a straightforward self-reflective kind of way of being where you're always looking in the mirror and where you're you're being very authentic and truthful about who you are and how you need to change so i to put it simply, I turn the work back to clients. It's not my job to point out their weaknesses. It's their job to think these things through.
2: Have you seen readers and fans of your model open themselves up to hearing from their friends or family what their problems might be to use that as a, as a basis from which to change?
0: I think they have been criticized enough by other folks that they don't feel particularly safe asking other people to, so to speak, criticize them a little more. Of course, they're not asking for criticism, but that's often the way it's received. I think this work is solitary and personal. I don't think it really is about asking others to inform us about what they see when they look at us. I think it's more about... uh, stopping everything quietly going into the study and thinking these things through for ourselves. I guess I'll put a period there. (laughs) Do you
2: feel the mind is something that you need to work out and exercise to better and improve?
0: One of our biggest challenges in living our life purposes is that we don't understand the Buddha's message and the message from cognitive psychology that we are what we think and that we have to get a grip on our own mind. And most importantly, this is the idea that folks don't understand, the idea to only think thoughts that serve us. It isn't important if a thought is true or false. That isn't the criterion for judging whether to maintain a thought if it's true or false. The only criterion is whether it serves us. Let me give you a simple example. Let's say you're a writer and you have the idle thought, boy, there are a lot of writers out there. That's a true thought. No one can dispute that that isn't a true thought, but that's probably not a thought that serves you to be thinking because suddenly you're too worried about how much competition there is and you're less motivated to write your own book. So folks think that when they think a true thought, they have to hold on to it just because it's true. Once they get this crucial idea that to think only thoughts that serve you, life actually changes dramatically.
2: Let's take a break, everybody. Back in just a minute.
0: Life Tips will be right back after this short break.
2: Today at BruceClay.com.
1: ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping nirvana starts here. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. And now back to Life Tips.
0: Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts.
2: Back with Eric Mazel. Eric, welcome back.
0: Glad to be back.
2: I'm sure you're exhausted with all these taxing questions, but I have a few more for you if that's okay. (laughs) Okay. How does your personality change as you get older, Eric?
0: I have a little model of personality um, that I think is interesting. It's made up of three parts, original personality, formed personality, and available personality. My thinking there is that we come into the world with some endowments. We come into the, Anybody who's had kids or puppies or kittens knows that every creature is really unique and distinct right out of the womb psychotherapy and other psychological services don't really credit that much. They don't think about the idea of original personality, but human beings do. So we have our original personality, then life comes, and we, and we end up with a foreign personality after living. And then what's left is what I call our available personality, or to put it differently, our freedom. So I think that as we get older, I think we actually get more and more interested in our original personality. We're more and more curious about who we were, so to speak, supposed to be, And I think we want to, it's what Jung called the midlife crisis, another way of saying it. Jung had the idea that we start out whole and we start to undevelop. And then in our 30s, 40s, 50s, we realize how undeveloped we've become. And then we want to be whole again. So I think that that's what happens as we get older is that we feel we've undeveloped rather than developed. And we want to return to our core, return to our roots, return to our center. I think that's one of the things that happens as we age.
2: So that's what's happening to myself. Thanks for that insight. Um, how does reward figure into change and betterment with your model?
0: Well, there are two sort of simple behavioral um, strategies in life. One is punishment and one is rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't like the punishment model where you, you know, if you don't, Manage to do the thing that you claimed you're going to do. You send uh, $20 to the American Nazi party or something. <laughs> nobody, nobody rather likes to do that. Most people refuse to do that. Yeah. So we do need to reward ourselves. And even more than reward ourselves, we need to celebrate our successes. I work with creative performing artists exclusively as a creativity coach. And if you're a creative person, you know, your, your success rate may be very intermittent. Maybe you feel successful when you've finished your novel, usually a person doesn't even feel successful then. Maybe it's when it gets published, but not even then. Maybe when it gets reviewed favorably, but maybe not even then. Well, if you're waiting for these kinds of senses of success before you celebrate, there's not a day going by we have anything to celebrate. So we have to change our mind. about. We have to celebrate all the good works we do on any given day, all the meaning opportunities we've seized, all the work we've done on a given day needs to be celebrated. If we do that, we just feel better about ourselves, we feel prouder, and we feel happier. How does, how do, how
2: do, how does purpose and meaning fit together in, in, from your vantage point?
0: As I was saying before, it's a little complicated to hear at first glance because this is unusual language, but for me, meaning is a certain kind of psychological experience, like joy, like ecstasy, like rage, like anything. And therefore, it's just one of our psychological experiences and in a certain sense not that important. It's just one of our experiences. And it turns out that from my point of view, we only need as much meaning as we need. Maybe we need two hours of that experience a day or three hours of that experience a day and the rest of the day we can spend in what I call meaning neutral where we don't pester ourselves about the meaningfulness of life. When you start to have this model of just needing as much meaning as you need, then you see, okay, meaning is not the whole game at all. Well, then what's more important than meaning? Life purpose. Deciding to live, deciding how we want to live, deciding where we want to throw our human capital. I'll give you a quick example or a certain kind of example. In the days before D-Day, we don't care what Eisenhower is feeling or thinking, what mood he's in. We don't care if he's anxious or depressed. We want him to do his work. We want him to make that invasion work. We want him to understand that all of our life purposes are tied up with his life purpose of that moment. Most human beings don't feel like they're on the verge of D-Day. They don't take their lives that seriously. They don't think they matter that much. And that's one of the problems in human existence. If we do not believe that we matter that much, then we're not really motivated to choose life purposes and live life purposes. The first step in really having life purposes is reminding ourselves that we really do matter.
2: What is your life purpose, Eric?
0: I think I probably have seven. I, us- I usually talk about life purposes, <laughs> but I won't yeah. name all seven. Probably the main one is telling truth to power. I think there's a lot of humbug out there right now. I'm in the mental health reform movement. That's where I'm spending a lot of time and energy. I think it's a crime that so many of our kids, one in thirteen, are on psychiatric meds. Uh, if you're in, like, the California foster care system, it's one in four kids who are on psychiatric meds. There's something all wrong with the picture, and I'm spending a lot of time working with folks to try to articulate the problems with the mental health care system. So I think one of my life purposes is being one of those people who speak up. I think speaking up is one of my life purposes.
2: Hmm. Do our life purposes change over time as we learn more about uh, the discovery of life?
0: Absolutely. They change from day to day sometimes. You know, one of our life purposes can be to maintain our health. That might be one of our life purposes, and then we get a call from our son and he says I need a kidney transplant or something. Well, suddenly his life is more important than our health. Now we're going to have surgery, which obviously hurts our health somewhat. So one of our life purposes has if not switched, it's been modified by circumstances. Our life purposes are modified by circumstances. One day we may be for the war our country is fighting, and then we learn more about that war, and then the next day we're against the war our country is fighting. And That has all kinds of life purpose implications for somebody of, let's say, draft age or what have you. So the real world affects our life purposes, and, and not only do we grow and change, but also the world around us changes, and our life purposes do radically change over time.
2: Do we have conflicts of purposes? And if so, what effect does that have on our personality?
0: Um, We do have conflicts. Sometimes those conflicts um, are are a little bit um, made up. For example, I'll give you a simple example. Let's say you're a creative person. Most creative people believe that one of their life purposes, probably their primary purpose, is to create. And often they, they consider that relationships Uh, would provide a conflict, that they've got to make a choice between being creative or entering into relationships. I don't think there's any conflict there, I think a person can have both, but many creative people do hold that as a conflict and what they do is they then make a kind of stoical choice to do their creative work and to not really enter into relationships and they end up being lonely and cold and unhappy. So there are life purpose conflicts, either real ones or seeming ones, and they they have to be, the individual has to negotiate them because if your life purposes are in conflict, you have to figure out what to do about that.
2: Could you describe some motivators that you see that that make people aware, more aware of life purpose? For example, are there tipping points or trauma? Do traumas have an effect on this quest and need we might have for discovering our life purpose?
0: I think there are all kinds of um, tipping point moments and they are d- very different kinds, qualitatively different kinds. Hitting bottom for, uh, for an addict is a tipping point moment. We all know that sort of archetypal story of you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. You drive your car into a tree and suddenly you realize you're an alcoholic that, and then you start the process of recovery so that's one kind of tipping point moment, hitting bottom. I think having kids is another tipping point moment for a lot of folks that uh, for a variety of reasons, their life purposes may have been very um, self-directed, and now they understand that there's another human being in the world, and the whole picture of life purpose changes. So I think there are all sorts of tipping point moments. I think that there's a moment where the meaning drains out of the thing you're doing, like you've been working at a certain job for nine years and suddenly one day you walk in and you have no idea why you're there and you kind of can't tolerate it another minute. That's a tipping point moment. So there are a lot of them in life.
2: Is it possible to find life's purposes in a monarch version of of this journey? Um, You've proposed this eight-week breakthrough program, but you know, of course, we're all into speed with with betterment. <laughs> um, is there a fast way to make your life better? Or just you does know, I it think, not exist? I think
0: there really is. Um, I try to sell all... Most most people are anxious. That's, that's our warning system against danger. So it's natural that human beings would be anxious. Some people are overly anxious. So I try to suggest to them that they visualize a switch inside of them somewhere and they flip that switch and just become calmer it's just an idea it's just a metaphor and yet i think we can do work like that we can make a decision to have less to have life be less dramatic less histrionic we can make those kinds of decisions so i think from one second to the next we can for example be calmer but we can also be more purposeful from one second to the next we can really do this paradigm shift that I try to sell, the idea that there should be a movement from seeking meaning to making meaning. We can decide that we're much more in charge of our lives than we thought we were one second ago and just become more purposeful.
2: Do you ever worry about how you define yourself and what you do?
0: I am not 100% sure. I know what you mean, but I... I think that I fully believe in my causes, to call them causes. That isn't to say that I believe that everything I do is right or that every book is smart or any of those sorts of things. But in a fundamental way, I believe that um, the sorts of things that I'm advocating for would help people. And of course, I get enough responses from people that they seem to be helped that that encourages me in my belief that I'm on some kind of right track, I think.
2: The, another way to say the question is do you or should should any of us worry about passing up, you know, true meaning in life.
0: Oh, I think we have to check in with ourselves far more often than we do. The short answer is yes, we should be worried. Mm-hmm. We should be worried that we've got hooked on some, you know, we decided to get our PhD in archaeology, we're now a year and a half in maybe it's really holding no meaning for us. We have to check in about that with ourselves or else we're going to have a 27-year career that's stultifying or what have you. So yes, and whether it's you know mechanical like monthly you check in with yourself about your life purposes or however it is that you figure out how to remind yourself to check in, it is really important that we keep current with our life purposes.
2: Is there such thing as a false promise, if you will, when it comes to life purpose or a false false life purpose that's really not perhaps directed towards yourself and your own goals, but someone else's, for example?
0: I think so. I think it, because we're language-based creatures, I think we get hooked on pieces of language early on. And for one person, it might be, I'm going to write the great American novel. For another person, it's, I'm going to find the missing link in anthropology. The, the phrases like missing link and great American novel, for, for a smart person, they're just very resonant. So very often, we get hooked on some idea about what our life is supposed to be about very early, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in those years, we already have some really visceral experience of what our life purposes are supposed to be, and they may be completely wrong. That's why so often in that first year of college, so many first-year college students have tremendously difficult first years when they have to finally choose their major and really make this big decision about what their life purposes are supposed to be about it's actually a very very traumatic year for a lot of people so the short answer is we do have to be checking in about this and it's completely easy to make a wrong first choice and a wrong second choice and a wrong third choice none of these life purpose choices come with guarantees and not a one of them that comes with guarantees they have to be lived out and they have to be appraised as we're living them out
2: wonderful uh, summary How does the discovery of life purpose uh, vary from Western culture culture to Eastern culture?
0: You know, I don't actually feel like I can answer that one. I'm not um, up on those differences, so Mm -hmm. I think I'll go with I don't know.
2: (laughs) I bet you could offer some insight. Obviously, most of your your study is focused on one of those cultures, but... um, <clears throat> but would you take a guess there though, and suggest they might be quite radically different, even in in other countries I,
0: I I know what you mean, but you know the the thinkers you know if the Buddha is not Buddhist followers, you know so if you look at the writings of Taoism or Buddhism, I think you 'd get one picture of how life purpose is supposed to be, and then what are actual practitioners doing i don 't know uh. um, so I really feel like I don't have a handle on those differences.
2: What about tribal purpose versus individual life purpose? Have you discovered anything interesting there? I you think
0: that's a very, it's a very interesting question. The, the people I work with, creative performing artists, are individualists, and they're fighting for their individual, individuality in a culture that wants them to be conventional and fit in and draw inside the lines and what have you. So the people I work with <clears throat> are are fighting for their individuality, and I have to remind them that there's nothing that they do that they can do alone, except in the studio. They can do their work in the studio alone, but then they need publishers and record producers and audiences, and they need society. So part of the work for me is helping my clientele understand that. While it is absolutely appropriate that they fight for their individuality, they also have to make peace with the idea that they're they're a part of society.
2: Eric, it's been great having you on the show today. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Pleasure. I have two final questions. Who would you like to get a hold of you and how can they get a hold of you?
0: The how is easy, uh, come to my site, ericmazel.com, that's E-R-I-C-M-A-I-S-E-L.com, or folks can drop me an email at ericmazel at hotmail.com, love to get emails. The who is, I think that there is a person for whom meaning and life purpose have always been a problem. For a lot of people, they're not problems. problem, they just don't arise as problems, but then there is that person who's always been struggling with questions of meaning and life purpose. I think that's the person that I'm writing for.
2: Once again, thanks for having you on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Until next week, everybody, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and packed with more purpose. Thanks to Eric. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week.